Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Ray Penny with New Jersey School Board Association. This is another in a series of conversations with educators on the COVID-19 front line. Uh, today, and I'll introduce him in a minute, is uh, Dr. Jim McLaughlin, uh, the superintendent in the school district of uh, Dover in, uh, in Morris County. Um, if you want to participate, uh, you can log into uh, Blog Talk Radio's uh, chat room feature and type in a question, and I'll pass it on to him. Or you can just call 1-347-989-8904 and press the number 1, and Robin, who is manning the switchboard, um, will get your name, and uh, we'll put you up. Um, as I said before, uh, our, our guest is the superintendent of the District of Dover, and I'll have him explain it, Jim McLaughlin, which is in western uh, Morris County. So welcome, Jim. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Doing well, all things considered. Yes, yes. Uh, for those who are not familiar with the District of Dover, could you give us a little brief snapshot of the of the district? It's a K twelve. It's a, we're a pre K twelve district of about thirty four hundred students. Uh, we um, are nestled in a, uh, a tightly dense community of about uh, two and two and a half miles uh, square, and uh, we border Randolph and Rockaway, Wharton. And um, our, our community is a, it's a working community um, made up of many students and families who are new to the country. Uh, our students and their parents uh, really value education. Uh, it's one of the reasons that many of them have made the journey uh, to be here uh, in the United States. And certainly they um, are supportive and, and work with us. Uh, we really have a, a tremendously tight community I know lots of folks say that, but uh, as a, uh, someone who's been in different districts and, and in different towns, I can say I've never been in a more cohesive uh, community of, of people who are mutually committed, uh, every, everything from the town administration to, uh, to different community agencies uh, up and down uh, the line. Uh, it is a group that is really committed to its children. Yes, and um, and uh, before I get into uh, your first steps, how the the community was hit pretty hard by uh, COVID nineteen, wasn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's really you know, and we get a daily update uh, from our town administrator, and we've been in in, in touch throughout uh, the course of of COVID. Uh, our town currently, uh, as of today. Uh, has 688 positive cases and 52 um, deaths uh, as a result of COVID. Uh, just in the last two days alone, we've had 10 new cases and another fatality. Um, one of the things that we talk about uh, each Friday in our virtual district meeting is, you know, how the town is doing because it really impacts uh, each of our students 
not only in their own families, but in their network, and uh, their neighborhood mm-hmm. network, and the people who support them. And um, so, one of the I think one of the unique pieces that that we look at when we examine some of the uh, some of the data from the town is that uh, although COVID's associated with an older population uh, within our positively tested cases. We have 229 people who are below the age of 40 and 200, another 275 mm. who are between 40 and 60. So certainly, you know, wow. you're looking at 500 people who, who are um, youthful, you know, uh, certainly I, I think that that's something that uh, is noteworthy and it kind of goes against a little bit of the grain of what we hear so many times in the media about this being uh, an area that, that younger people don't have to be as, uh, cautious with. Uh, so we've really placed a high priority on making sure that our, our, our kids are safe. And um, that's really played a lot into all our decisions. Yeah, I, I do know it's a tight knit community and uh, it's not that big a community to have that number of cases either. Uh, so No, um, not at all. You know, we're, we're the second largest incident in, in Morris County and, and, and really very close to being the first. Unfortunately, it's not something that you want to be known for, but uh, and when you think of the geographic size of the different communities that are in Morris County, you know, we're certainly nowhere close to being uh, among the larger communities. Uh, but, but the incidence has really hit us very, very hard. So um, before a lot of this came, you know, we all had a couple weeks warning or maybe you had some hints earlier than that. Uh, what were some of your first steps when you saw this coming? Well, the, the first the first uh items you know our our first priority was and it continues to be uh student safety so making sure that we um had contacts you know for each of our our kids uh really encouraging families to make sure that we had numbers that we could reach them at uh that uh, we would be able to continue our communication with uh and and then uh within within a day of closing uh uh, we made sure that we began meal distribution. Uh, meal dis- distribution is a, a really high priority. We want to make sure that our kids continue to have healthy meals uh, to eat. Uh, so we set up um, almost all our sites that, that very first day of closing, and we've continued that through through the spring recess and up through and including today, and, and we will also continue through the summer. But uh, as of today, uh, just to give you an idea, uh, we've distributed 27,753 meals. Um, so wow. each day we have parents come to one of our six sites that are set up uh, throughout the district. Um, our administrators have volunteered to be at each of the sites. Uh, we have a food worker at each site uh, and, and a uh, transportation worker. So, uh, you know, that's been a big part of what we wanted to get um, set up right away. And again, that's that's been an area that that we've continued to pay attention to. Yeah, that's a big challenge for a lot of the districts. Um, what about the remote learning? How did you uh, deal with? Uh, now, in the beginning, you may not have thought it was going to be until the end of the school year, but uh, right. how did you start to deal with that? So the the two big challenges around remote learning are device availability and uh, access to the internet. And we have challenges on both fronts. Uh, we have um, been very 
the way that we've dealt with that is being very global in terms of the way that students can participate. If the device they have is a phone and they're taking a picture of their work or participating uh, through the phone, that's, that's an, obviously an okay uh, thing for, for them to do. Uh, we've also been very flexible in terms of meeting time. So if a student can't meet live, for example, if a, if a high school teacher uh, is, is doing a live session, uh, we certainly understand that because uh, the device that a student may have may not be available to them during the working day. They might need to wait till a parent comes home. Uh, so uh, what we've um, reinforced, and our teachers have certainly been supportive of this and have, have bought into the idea of, of being very flexible in terms of how students participate. The key piece uh, is that they do participate. And that's one of the things that I think that we have really stressed um, and our, our teachers have been fantastic with this in particular because they're the ones who are really in touch with our students, just to make sure that we've heard from everybody. We know everybody's okay. Um, and a, a lot of our students have communicated when there is a need, a health need in their family, uh, some other type of need, uh, to let their teachers know and uh, make sure that the school is responsive to that. So uh, the other area in terms of of trying to, you know, solve those two issues or get at those two issues, our, our students were not equipped with a one-on-one, -on -one, at least in terms of one-to-one uh, -one devices that, that went home and came back to school. So uh, we were not in a, in a situation uh, that exists in some districts where a student already had the device in their hands. Uh, we did uh, do a survey of our parent population uh, for some limited iPads that we have uh, had available uh, to distribute those. Uh, and we also worked with Altice, who were a really good partner in terms of freeing up internet uh, capability, not so much through these uh, programs that are advertised, you know, where you get 30 days free and then you pay, but actually they worked with us to identify specific families and uh, through their MAC address, which is an internet address that you have on every device, uh, to be able to open up uh, uh, internet for families who were willing to share that MAC address. So they've been, they've been a great partner in terms of opening up uh, some capability for parents uh, at, 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 you know, obviously no cost to the, to the families. Uh, so that's been one of the ways that we've approached the remote learning. And, you know, uh, certainly one of the things that we're continuing to work on in the event that that there's uh, continued online learning past, past the school year in some fashion. All right. Um, I just, uh, just had a little follow-up on that. Uh, did you find, I know some people found that they actually, when they surveyed, they thought that the kids had a device, but they found out they had to share the laptop at home with a sibling or their parents who were working. Was that some issue that, and that's why yeah. they used the cell phone? You are absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, and we were actually in the midst of a big uh, move with our technology when this uh, when COVID came upon us. So we were just uh, you know at a uh, at a point where we were doing surveys. Um, online surveys are tricky if if people are challenged by tech uh, if they don't have technology. Uh, so. It's really those types of surveys are best done in school when students are there and can respond to them. 
so some of our data wasn't uh, as strong as we would have liked it to be. It's, I guess, just one of those, you know, uh, ongoing reminders that, um, you know, to, to really continue to do this all the time. But we were in the midst of uh, gathering that data when this occurred. But certainly what you uh, is absolutely the truth is that we have a lot of families who are sharing devices, uh, multiple siblings who are u- utilizing one device, which is another reason why saying you have to be on at 11 o'clock doesn't, 11 a.m. doesn't work because maybe there's a younger sibling who's on with a, with a, a teacher at that time. So uh, again, flexibility is, is the key piece and our teachers have been, I, I can't say it enough, our teachers have been great at that. They, they, really, um, they really understand um, differentiation in its truest sense. Um, now, uh, two things. How did you communicate your plans to, A, the staff, um, you know, when this was first coming about? Uh, and actually, uh, I think you probably have a weekly staff meeting as well, because I think you said that. And then how do you communicate to your community and parents? Because I know some of your parents are, are new to the country, too. Yes. So each each week, uh, as far as our families and the way that we communicate with the families, each week each of our principals uh, makes a telephone call that goes out to to the community. One in English, one in Spanish. Uh, our our parents who uh, would like their messages in Spanish have indicated that. So uh, the Spanish message will go to parents who speak Spanish, and the English message to those who have asked for it in English. And those updates, I think, are critical. Um, they go out also in email, so the parent has it both in writing but also has it uh, on the phone. And uh, each week we try to make sure that um, it's with that critical information. We meet with our leadership team twice a week uh, virtually and go over uh, issues that, um, that are occurring. We survey our staff every week. Uh, to get their input in terms of uh, what issues uh, they want answers to or what they're seeing that we need to provide to our community. So we've been, we have been holding a live stream every Friday, the assistant superintendent, Ms. Dalek Lou, and myself, with, the, uh, with our entire staff, um, secretaries, teachers, uh, custodians, everyone uh, is asked to be a part of that. And its its bulk of that agenda is made up of the issues that are seen, but we also use the issues that teachers tell us about uh, for the outreach that that principals are making. So uh, we're we're really and a high use of social media as well as our community agencies. So we have a a faith based network uh, in town that's made up of over uh, 24 um, churches uh, and uh, really. Uh, they've been great. All we need to do is ask, and they will get the word out through their channels. Uh, we also have a group that's called Connecting Dover, uh, which is made up of multiple agencies in town, and we've been meeting every two weeks uh, as a Connecting Dover community. Uh, those membership meetings sometimes go as high as 75, 76 people in a meeting, and that's everything from housing partnerships to Zoopal Healthcare. Um, you know, obviously our own group, different churches, uh, and it's a great way of, of connecting um, because everyone has uh, someone that they're strongly connected to. And, and that, that's been a great group for us to continue to, uh, to get the message out through. Hmm. And 
the challenges? What was the probably the biggest challenge in the beginning, and what do you see as the biggest challenge as you move forward? Well, I think um, you know online learning is it's it, it's it's a challenge of itself. If everything is working, if you've got re, if you have uh, internet access and devices, um, it's still a challenging way to deliver instruction, particularly when you're trying to tailor instruction to individual needs. Um, providing special education uh, through online learning is challenging. Uh, providing um, ESL or bilingual instruction is challenging. And providing general specific instruction that's based on core curriculum standards is, uh, is also challenging because um, we really rely so much on, on all the things that a classroom provides. So, um, I believe that our teachers uh, are going over and beyond to, to make their instruction meaningful, but uh, it's, 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 a new, it's a new journey. You know, even, uh, even those who have the greatest success with that, with that will say they're still learning in terms of uh, providing uh, instruction in this way. Um, I think the, you know, the biggest challenges are the ones that are before us, and that is you know, what, what comes next. And I, I know that's not necessarily the theme of, of today's broadcast, but uh, pre preparing for what September can hold and all the multiple contingencies that have to be put in place um, in the event that we, we come back to school um, full, uh, fully participating in a hybrid fashion or uh, virtually. Yeah. I concur. The biggest challenge has yet to come in terms of the reopening of schools. Um, I think that's without a doubt. Uh, you mentioned the, the the staff, and and I think across New Jersey, I think the all everyone in the staff, uh, not just the teachers, the, the building administrators, the central administrators, the maintenance staff, and everyone uh, has really you know done a great job and really adjusted. What, was there anything that someone did, one of your teachers or administrators, that you said, I wish I would have thought of that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I'm amazed at is the novel uh, ideas that our teachers come up with to keep kids connected to each other. So uh, one of the things that I help out with is the social media in the district. And I'm going to tell you it's hard keeping up with our teachers because they've they put together um, so many um, videos, um, virtual experiences where our kids are showing their talents, where they are uh, expressing themes of hope, where they're showing their work products. Um, and they've done that with the idea of, of really keeping kids connected. And I, I, you know, and I'm sure you've seen some videos like this yourself, but I'm just amazed, uh, you know, how one student can throw a t-shirt to another student and they can catch it and you can see this virtually and it's not really happening. <laughs> it, it challenges my own technology skills for sure. But the, 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 the vast amount of that, and it, cause it's happening at every grade level and every school. And uh, one of the great projects, just to mention one unique thing that just happened, um, one of our high school students and one of our teachers recently did a, um, face mask fundraiser for, uh, for St. Clair's, which is our local hospital right in Dover, and for the healthcare workers there. So 
what they did is they 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 got together and in a week's time they raised over a thousand dollars worth of meals uh, from a local restaurant in town um, to provide to the St. Clair's health workers. And you know, again, it's I think it's that's the idea of of um, students and families who are themselves challenged, uh, looking beyond themselves uh, to people that they can um, give back to. So. You know, all that initiative and those types of ideas are really, uh, they're just, they're, they're really uh, not to, to, I don't want to make it sound like I'm exaggerating because I'm not, but it's awe-inspiring, you know, to, to, to see and to witness that. Um, you kind of have been uh, alluding to it a little bit and how the principals check in and the teachers check in. Uh, are you guys, is, uh, is it a, the social, emotional well-being of your students maybe more important at this point than the, educational uh, uh it's absolutely it's absolutely the number one priority uh we talk about that as a group all the time that uh in this case we, you know we're all educators we value learning uh and so this this uh in no way diminishes the importance of learning but right now it's how our kids are socially emotionally uh physically uh that they are safe uh that they're healthy uh in all those aspects so that's our number one. Uh, if a student does no work, we still want to make sure that we are checking in with them and that they're okay. Um, we, we instituted, like many school districts, did a pass-fail system for a fourth marking period. And the message that went out with that grading system was the work you're doing is important. It's valued. It's celebrated. But it isn't the most important thing. The most important thing is your mm-hmm. well-being. And we have... Um, we have a bilingual team at every school and at what we call a bilingual outreach team. So for any student that we haven't heard from, uh, after a teacher's made attempts, we turn it over to them and they've been remarkable at um, making sure that we stay connected with kids. We have um, a social emotional group uh, of clinicians who are in the, di- in the district called Tiger Wrap. They have uh, a whole group of students who they've stayed in touch with in terms of counseling and support and uh, connecting kids uh, as well as our counseling department itself to agencies um, and making sure that if we need to do risk assessments uh, that they're being done. Uh, so that, uh, that has been uh, really a key part of the work. Okay, we're getting to the end of our time. I want to thank uh, Dr. James McLaughlin, the superintendent of the, uh, the Dover School District in Morris County. Uh, Jim, I, I was just impressed with that uh, last part uh, that um, it looks like the, the Dover uh, School District is really focused on the whole child right now. Well, thank so. you for saying that. It's, it's, a, um, it's really um, – it's something that that can't happen unless everybody's committed as a team, and we have, we have a great team. But there's a a theme in the district uh, that's really kind of taken over. And again, I'm going to give a lot of that credit to our to our teachers in the community. But we have a theme of one Dover. Uh, it's a part of everything we say. Um, we had teachers who made up T-shirts who they handed out to, throughout the community. So you'll see the one Dover all the time. But the idea of one Dover is that that's the spirit you know, that we take care of each other. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, I really, uh, I applaud them for that because as you said, it, it's all about the whole child and, um, and, and, and our teachers, our staff, our staff, as you mentioned, all aspects of our staff, 
um, and our families. Every, I, they get it. Everybody gets it. And that's, um, that doesn't happen everywhere. So it's, it's something that we're very, very proud of. Okay, we've pretty much run out of time. I'd like to thank Dr. James McLaughlin, uh, and I hope everyone in Dover, one Dover, uh, gets through this all together. Uh, and thank you, we'll maybe talk. We'll probably talk again about September one day. So well, we look forward to that. We appreciate all the support from the school boards association. You guys are always there for us. Thank you. Okay, Jim. Thank you, and I hope everyone has a safe and. Uh, 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 afternoon. Thank you. Okay. Bye now. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.